All right, Peter Schrager from Fox joins us uh, now. Um, what game you have this week? No game this week. It's a light Fox schedule, so I am okay. in New York City. No game. All right, so no game this week. And uh, we were talking about the Flacco hit and really the McNair thing. Let me start with the McNair thing. Um, if I'm McNair, I made a big mistake, but here's the first thing I'm angry about. Who gave me up in the room? I'm in a room that I think is a closed meeting what I say in that room is supposed to stay in that room. Who leaked what he said out of that room? And I'll tell you, I'm usually pretty critical of the media. Wickersham and Van Natta, those two guys, are pretty plugged in. And I don't know who their sources are, but they've done multiple articles. The Jerry Jones one a couple years ago, another one from the owners' meeting, their first initial sit-down a couple weeks ago. And I've spoken to people, and what they're saying it's usually pretty spot on. Now, I don't know about the word-for-word word quote, having them not be in the building. If well, he already apologized, word, so he already admitted he said it. Yeah, so he apologized. Course, yeah. I, I, you can't question it. Now, look, i got to look at my other 31 owners or 30 owners or at least the 13 owners who were at that table and say, who's riding us out here? Because what is this? If we're turning on each other right. again, listen, it's not, I'm glad he was exposed. Right. I'm glad li- he was exposed. Listen, the, the, listen, what he said was offensive. We all agree. But who in that room gave him up? That's a story in itself. What owner gave him up? And I can't tell you who, and that, but like I said, I wouldn't question these guys reporting, and that's why journalism, to me, is still important. I think it's still important because that never comes to light otherwise. And the issue with now, look, I spoke to Kenny Stills, who was in the room on Tuesday last week. I spoke to him for a long time before the Dolphins-Jets game last week. And everyone came out of that thing, all the owners saying, okay, it's great, we're going to go. They even, had a, they even had a mantra for it, protest to progress. I asked Kenny about it, thinking he'd be like, yeah, it was great. He goes, no, like it was a conversation, but just to start, like I'd hate to think that it ends in that boardroom in New York. It was a nice thing to have us there, but this is just the start of it. So this sets them back 20 steps. It really does. The players are Oh, and, and Texan, uh, Schefter reported that the Texans wanted to walk out today as a team and that DeAndre Hawkins didn't sh- Hopkins didn't show up at practice because of what McNair said, and they had to be talked back in and persuaded to play. Don't doubt any of this. Mike, this is a real deal, and – you know, the NFL, they're trying their, their hardest to put on this thing like we're moving. But then you hear one quote like this, and it sets you back not only 20 steps, sets you back several years here. And, and this is already an ugly situation between the players' union and the owners. I thought they were going towards a better place because Goodell's been leaning on D. Smith, which is an unheard of thing, but he's been leaning on him. Hey, we need to work together on this. But here we go. Five steps forward, ten steps back. Talk with Peter Schrager. This is WFAN, WFAN-FM in New York uh, at 3 o'clock. The league right now is in the greatest crisis. I, I, was, I lived through the, NF, the antitrust years. I lived through the Al Davis years, uh, through the USFL years, through everything they've gone through, uh, through a, a huge strike, more than one strike. This is the greatest crisis this league has ever gone through right now because I don't know how they, they did a terrible job at the beginning of handling their anthem situation, their protest situation with their players. The president of the United States got involved, and he started to see that it was helping his poll numbers, so he continued it. On top of that, they, they, they brought everybody to New York to get past it and couldn't get past it, and now the owners know to a man that it's hurting their business and they want it stopped. Jerry Jones has spoken out. McNair now has spoken out in a terrible way. So now he's created his own crisis. So this, if they can't get this rectified, this season will turn into a nightmare for them. It's on its way to being one right now. I got two quick things for you. I I, I live in New York. You live in New York. 
I also do stuff in LA and I sometimes think, all right, here's my worldview. I was doing a game in Indianapolis. I got in a cab and cab driver picks me up and he says, what do you do for a living? Oh, I work in the NFL. And he stops the car, turns around and says, you can get out of the car. I, I, the NFL is dead to me. The NFL, for the fact that these guys take knees, I will never watch the NFL again. It was the first time I had a real life experience face to face with somebody who was that charged up about this issue. And I said, wow, that's crazy. And the more you talk to fans who aren't in the, the two coasts or the more you aren't in like blue state you know, territory, this is a real deal. And it is affecting the bottom line. So the owners are seeing this on the other end of it. The players, this is their opportunity to actually speak out on this, and they have the platform. So there is some sort of thing. And then I was also the sideline reporter for when Pence stormed out of Indianapolis. I'm sitting there on the sideline, Secret Service all there for the Peyton Manning thing, thinking this is going to be a wonderful celebration. No, the next day on the pages was all about Mike Pence storming out. So I just think the New York audience, specifically New York, L.A., and maybe some of these, uh, you know, Austin, Texas, and some of these other blue state liberal areas, you have to realize that this is a very real deal. People are turning away from the NFL. Enormous. And not just here. Do you know how many letters I've gotten from Giant fans who have sent letters to the owners saying are they will Are you surprised by that? No, I, know, I, I, know I, I was a lot longer than I have. I was surprised. I, I did not think this would have the impact. But this year, last year, I, I never heard a word about it. This year, wherever I've gone, I've admitted now I've had 40 people come up to me and say I will never watch the NFL again. Is maybe, that not crazy? maybe more. I've been a Giant fan for 50 years. I'll still watch my Giants, but I'll never turn on another game. Other ones saying I've sent my season tickets back. I mean, so this has, and to a man now, these owners know this is affecting their business. Their ratings are down 15% for two years. They can talk about cord cutters. They can talk about Red Zone Channel. Yeah, there's a new world order right now in television, but now you're talking about their ratings being down 15 percent over two years. This is a lot more than that. This is now becoming cultural. And clearly, here's another chapter today with McNair that's going to have the players dig in. Okay, he said a ridiculous thing. Now, again, somebody gave him up of a room of owners. Somebody gave him up, which is, to me, startling where, listen, I understand no one's defending his comment, but the amazing thing is he's in a room of owners. One of them had to give him up. He was in a room with just owners, and they got this this comment. He didn't make it into a microphone. So that in itself is a story. On top of that, you, you had them come to New York and try and make a, a, a deal. They couldn't get a deal done with the players. They can't get the players off the protest where they should say, I thought they could say to him at some point, hey, tell us where you want to, the next step is. We'll put our resources behind it. You put your resources behind it. We'll meet with whoever we have to meet with in each city. Instead of that being the way the NFL used to do things, like with the United Way and stuff like that, sure. they can't get that done, and that is Goodell's lack of leadership. They, he can't. His, the players dislike him so much. That's the problem. They can't break through because they don't like him. They don't trust him and they don't like him. And that's the difference between him and what's going on in the NBA. They trust him in that league. They don't trust him or like him, and he can't break through to the players. And if he doesn't, he's not going to get this closed down. And I don't know how they fix this. It's going to get worse. Well, I I would say this. To a man, you talk to the players who speak with Goodell one-on-one, and they all do come around and they say, He's a good man, and, and he is someone right now. Look, whether he can corral all this going on, I don't know if there's anybody in this country. I really don't know if there's anybody in this country 
who could do his job as well as he does or better than he does because of just so many things coming his way and so many influencers in his ear. And he's got to satisfy not only those 31 or 32 owners, he's got to satisfy every player, and now he's got to satisfy a nation that seems to be really divided on this issue. So it's a tough, tough job. I would say this about the ratings. As down as they are and as much as everyone wants to freak out, still, and I'm not spitting any company line because I work on the NFL Network, but Mike, still, Nine of the top ten. Listen, that is the, it is the company line. It is the company line for this reason. We know they're Amazon, but you still expect Amazon to be up ten percent, three, five to ten percent a year. They are Apple. They are Amazon. They are a world ahead of everybody else. There's no question. But you know what? Fifteen percent down in two years is a disaster for them. That's scary. They can't raise pr- any prices. When they do that, and they've been raising prices every time they make a new deal for the last 40 years. They can't raise a price when they're doing that. They're down 15% in two years. That's a hit. These owners now, I'm hearing from the owners, these guys are taking hits now economically. They're feeling the pinch for the first time. You see how many empty seats there were in some of these cities? They are seeing enormous empty seats. Now, add in everything else. You know, the concussion thing and the CT thing hasn't been good for them. We know that. A lot of people don't like the way the game is played now, both both in fact that guys think they're giving up football and other guys think it's too dangerous. So you got to walk that line. They have a lot of different issues. We know that. But this one has really cut them to the quick. And I don't know how they get out of this mess right now. I really don't. It's going to be tough. And, and, and the alternative is this. Now, you said, you know, put your resources to something. I, I spoke to someone who's, who's pretty involved in both of it. The players would find it offensive, I think, or they wouldn't be. It said, hey, can we just buy you off? Can we just throw money at a cause? Like, that's not what they want either. What they do they want, change. though? That's, and that's the issue. We, they want change, and they want aware all this stuff. But, like, I, you know, I don't know if it takes an outside party to come in and say, okay, here is what we're looking for. Here See, I would want to hear from them. What? Yeah, listen, you're close to the, much closer to the players than I am, okay? You talk to the players. You're, you're younger, and you talk to the players. What do the players want? You're asking me to be a representative of I'm asking you, but what are they telling you? What do? They, what is it they want? They want change. They want to see Kaepernick at the table. They want to know why there's stuff like that. Like, this is the stuff that I can't speak to as someone who's not a member of the Players Union and is not a player, but I can tell you that there is a desire for change, not only with the NFL, and I don't even think it is yet. I think it's with society, and that's a tough task for Goodell and for the rest of the owners to upheld. Now, the Kaepernick thing is an actual fissure. And the fact that the owners reacted that way to other players taking knees and other players not standing for the anthem really resonated with some of these players. And then other guys, you know, I spoke with Gerald McCoy after week two, I want to say. He said, well, no, I'm not going to let Donald Trump call me an SOB, but I'm also never going to take a knee for the anthem because the military means too much. When you speak to the next guy and says, well, it's not against the military, it's against, you know, racial injustice. So everybody has a different interpretation of what the anthem is. Everybody has a different interpretation of what's affecting the business. And there is no unifying factor saying, okay, here's a point plan. Here's, 11, here's our Woodrow Wilson point plan of what we're going to do to fix it because everyone is all over the map from the owners to the players and what exactly is dividing the country. In fact, listen, it's become uh, an incredible test case. And now, again, because the NFL, listen, has become. But I don't know what the NFL could have done right, Mike. I don't know what I, I, I think, back. I don't I know think what the, the answer was. I think the answer was to jump on it immediately when it happened, and they didn't. And I don't and think do that, what sign Kaepernick to no, a no, team. No, 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 no. I'm talking about last year. I'm talking about when this when he first did it. If they had gone and said, "Hey, we're not going to have this happen. 
we're going to tell him that we can't do this. We have a rule in place, but we want to hear exactly what the problem is. But protesting the national anthem is not the way to do this. And yeah. jumped on it then, but you know that's a long time ago. That's that's long gone. So that, that train has, has left the station. Has completely sure. left. And on top of this. They're hearing all this stuff, and now the owners are feeling the pinch. They're starting to feel the pinch, which is why you're getting comments like that, where you're hearing Jerry Jones, and you're hearing McNair, and you're hearing these guys, and McNair obviously said something he shouldn't have said. We all know that. Uh, but also, there's an owner who had to know, if I leak what he said, it's going to cause an enormous you know, controversy, and it did. Uh, so that gets out. Now McNair's got to be wondering who gave him up in the room. So you got that on top of everything else. You said you got Goodell trying to work with the Players Association, which, let's be honest, he works for the owners. He doesn't work for the Players Association. So that's a tricky, very tricky situation. You still had the the residue of the president. So all this, and then Pence, so you have all that. It's It's the backdrop for the league right now. And then you have... You know, big quarterbacks, you know, you're in Naples, you're there, there's no luck. You're in Green Bay, there's no Rodgers. You know, quarterbacks going down. Every time one of these quarterbacks takes a hit and you get these guys hurt, that's always an issue. So, I mean, there's a lot going on with this league right now. It really is. It's in a it's in a very, very, and, and unfairly, but tough luck. That's the luck of the draw. The other leagues haven't been hit with this. They have not been hit with this. Even the NBA, which has a very large African-American population, which baseball doesn't and hockey doesn't still has not taken the hit that the NFL has. So this, the NFL owns this baby right now and it's got a, it's got a lot on its hands. Well, it's choppy waters. And I think, you know, if I'm a, if I'm an NFL owner or if I'm a fan at home, we publicly know what Roger Goodell is and who he is. And we probably publicly know what his salary is. So this is why you pay the big bucks to get us through these waters. And Again, I'm not an NFL apologist on this, but I have confidence that this game and the love for this game in this country, it it will work out. And and I truly feel that this year has been a tough one, but I do think that the football on the field is still good. There's still parity in the league, and I can't wait for Sunday still. And I think at the end of the day, people still look to football for an escape from all this stuff. So how do you you desire? You just hit on one of the big problems. The guys who are looking for the escape don't want that in their face. Uh, that's uh, and, the desire for some people to be able to, to, to just get away from it. And the yeah. other thing of the players wanting to use their platform to talk about exactly what these other guys don't want to hear about. All right, let's do it's a crazy. little football before you go. Um, Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is a lean week of games. We know that. So let me uh, pick a game here. How about Dallas and Washington as one tries to stay in the pursuit behind the Eagles and the league MVP right now, which is what Wentz is. Uh, your thoughts on that game? You get really excited when you look at what Dallas did to San Francisco. They were a winless team, but they put it on them, and that's what the Cowboys were supposed to be this year. Look at Wentz and Prescott's numbers. Everyone's crowning Wentz. Prescott's having an even better year than he did last year. I think the Cowboys go into Washington, and they're just getting going. I feel like this is where Dallas kicks it into high gear. Um, New England loses uh, another player. But a, a very important in high tower, which will be an interesting test with the Chargers. And now, if Gordon plays, Gordon might not play this week, which would hurt the Chargers, who have actually played well the last three weeks. They've done a, they've done a good job. So it'll be interesting how much he affects the team. But I tell you, the team that is befuddling me is Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh now, I did not think that the loss of the coordinator would cripple this offense. I thought it was too good, and I was dead wrong because. Someone told me 
it's like we're it's like we have the trains all off schedule. Everybody's arriving one step late. Everybody is one step in the wrong direction. That is all it is, but it is it's like we're all winding up in the middle, crashing into each other, and that's why we're losing these games. We're one step off. So it is from what I hear, completely on the running of this offense because they 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 have too many weapons. And and the thing is with Sarkeesian, who was brought in, it's not like he was there last year. It's not like he's been grow- been groomed through the. He's almost a mercenary. They're bringing him in from Alabama. They don't know him. They don't know his deal. And and what's interesting with them is they were de- they were up 17 points at home to the Dolphins. You saw the Dolphins last night. And that's the team that came all the way back on them at home. And then last week just might as well not have even shown up in in New England. Now here's the deal: they were four and three last year. They made it to the Super Bowl. They're three and three right now. They haven't lost a single game against a conference opponent. So they still haven't played anyone in the NFC South and lost. You know, they've got their they've got their stuff there. So the season's still wide open to them and they can still do But this. do they need to do they need to jettison? You know, Cincinnati two weeks in changed their coordinator. And, do and they the, need the do they need to make a change? There. Do they need to make a change? Is it is that the issue? Do they have to change? If they the were leadership? gonna make the change, they were gonna do it by Monday, and they didn't. I think that they still feel like they've got the guy, and Dan Quinn is a pretty loyal dude, and he is pretty loyal to Sark right now. Let's see how they do against the Jets, because if the Jets beat, beat up on them, then there's really a chance to now. Let's see if we can make a change. Well, I, I think he's safe for now. Yeah, that is that is, and I'll tell you who's uh, where. You see a coach who can make a difference. Um, McVay has changed the culture of the Rams in one year, and I was very skeptical about a 30-year-old head coach. Uh, and I'm always, you know, I was skeptical of Josh McDaniel when they gave him a job. I'm skeptical of McVay, but I can tell already McVay's the real deal. I can tell just by the way the team runs on and off the field, just by the way they communicate on the sideline. This guy's got this place under control. He's got he's the real deal as a coach. I can tell already because you can just see the way the team act. It operates like a real team. I don't know if it's a generational thing or what, but everyone I talk to there, including Sean and including the players, they say that the communication is so much different than it was last year with Jeff Fisher. And communication, you could talk to McVeigh like a person. You can text him at all hours. Jared Goff and him text all night. He's a generational difference. He's 31 years old. He lives and breathes ball. He's a single guy. He has no family. This is all he has right now. He loves the LA Rams. He loves coaching the Rams. And he's enjoying this ride. I spoke with him earlier today. He's doing the Fox pregame show on their bye week on Sunday. Like this is his moment. And he's not stupid enough to think that, hey, let's treat this too seriously. Let's have fun. And the players are enjoying it. There's not a single guy in that locker room. Even Sammy Watkins, who's not getting the ball, isn't all on board on this, which is a huge deal in the NFL today where everyone wants their targets. And even when they're winning in Pittsburgh, you hear that this other kid, Bryant, is upset. All the Rams guys are having a blast. And that's the ultimate statement to a culture, a culture change. And that's what he's brought. I compare this to what Vermeil did with the Eagles. I actually believe that and it was he didn't do it as quickly but he did it within a couple of years and he burnt out doing it i understand but i saw him change the culture of that team that quickly this guy has changed the culture of this team this quickly he has actually changed and you don't see it often but they 
they actually act like football, like a football team now. And, you, you know, for a guy 30 to do that, and he was right to bring in the right sage guy on the other side sure. of the ball so he doesn't even have to think about the defense. He doesn't have to do anything except what do you need. Only other thing he has to ask him is what players do you need? Who do you need in the lineup? Tell me what guys you need me to dress and get out of his way, which is fine because that's the way Mike Holmgren did it with Fritz Schirmer. That's the way guys have done it for a long time. So it works that way if you get the right guy and Phillips is the right guy. But this guy has changed the culture of that franchise and he's very impressive. I, and, I, and I would have never thought he would have been good doing this. And it's not just Phillips. They've got Joe Barry, who's the linebackers coach there, who was the defensive coordinator for the Redskins the past few seasons. So the defense is good. Like They're set with that. Did you, you watch the Thursday night game where he was sitting on the cooler and he was drawing up offensive plays while the defense was on the field, and everyone's like, what a clown, what is this? No, that's great. He's saying, I'm able to defer and delegate. I'm not a defensive coach. I'm an offensive coach, and that's what I'm going to bring. Hey, I have seen a- Bill Belichick do the same thing and leave the sideline to go work with the defense and, and leave the game right over there while he's the head coach. I've seen him do the same thing. And that doesn't that take confidence? And doesn't that take lack of ego saying, I'm okay with the TVs capturing me, not even watching my team. I got to fix the offense. That's what I do. I love it. And I love I did a couple of their games early on. It's a cool atmosphere. There's high energy. So many miserable places around the NFL where they live in fear of the coach and they live in fear of the owner. It's pretty neat over there in L.A. right now. Whether they win or lose this season, they're on the right track. Now, the Pittsburgh's the team that has talent that I hear is the most divided in the league right now by everything that's going on. Uh, what do you know about the Steelers? It, 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 you would think, based on the headlines every week between Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger and Bell and now Bryant, that they're a mess. But, Mike, the playoffs were to start today. The Steelers are the one seed with home field advantage. So, Say what you want. And probably the most talented team in the conference, too. And very good defense. The number one defense in the league as well. But all you hear about is it's a nightmare. Okay, but but what's the end result? Like, that's the thing. Everyone's telling me. Well, they didn't show up against Jacksonville one week, though. It scared One week they did not show up. But then the following two weeks they did. So, I got to – before we panic on the Steelers, right now if the playoffs are going on, the AFC goes through them. And the AFC playoffs goes through them. Tomlin has been there 10 years. Sometimes teams sour on a coach. I don't think that's the case. And I actually think a little, a little bit, of, a bit of you know, controversy and conflict is good for a team, especially at the wide receiver position. If they're bicker of targets, good. Everyone, bring your stuff, and let's, let's elevate, and the cream will rise. I'm okay with the Steelers. I like it. All right. Um, I was going to ask you, you haven't probably had time to look into it, but how bad is uh, things in Houston? Are, are they that bad where this is an issue this week for the game, I, or we don't know? I got some text. Look, I, I, we'll have to let this one play out. I think everyone's initial reaction is to run to social media and, and make rash judgments. Let's see how cooler heads will prevail on this one. Let's see how the owner handles this one. Remember, this team has been through a heck of a lot together this season with the hurricane and what they went through this summer. So I'm curious to see how this all plays out. But, Mike, if I've learned anything this year on the field, off the field, really anything can happen. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you. Thanks, Peter, very much. Thank you. Uh, Peter Traeger.